Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Swish Waterlad podcast, which is of course brought to you by Swish. And as you'll hear in today's episode, today's guest is on Swish, but unfortunately he hasn't had much love on the platform. So this is an awesome opportunity for you to go get a video message from one of the real characters in our game. He would certainly not disappoint with a video request, that's for sure. And he's on there for only $30. And add the Waterlad discount to that, which is of course just what a lad, and that makes it just $27 of money well spent, especially considering that up to 70% of that money does go to Kiwi Kids Charities, which is such an awesome cause. I'll leave a link in the description, so go click on that, and it is an easy as process from there, so go get amongst that. And if there are any Waterlad listeners out there who are suffering from any aches or pains in their joints or muscles, then I have got just the ticket for you. Pure Sport CBD offer a wide range of options for any joint or muscle pain. Any athlete will realise how important it is to know what you're putting inside your body. So that's why Pure Sport is the most tested and trusted CBD oil in the world. And I'm constantly receiving messages from listeners who have tried it and have felt the game-changing benefits. And just for listening to this podcast, you can get an extra 20% off by using the code WATERLAD20. I'll leave a link in the description so it's easy as to find. And last but not least, if you haven't tried the WATERLAD coffee bean yet, you are missing out. Brewed in Nelson using the best beans in the business, Pomeroy's have created a bean that every lad needs in their life. They also have a huge range of teas in which these colder months go down an absolute treat. And again, just for listening to this podcast, you can get an extra 20% off by using the code LAD03 and you can get that tea or coffee sent directly to your door. Again, I'll leave a link in the description, so go click on that and go get yourself some coffee or tea by Waterlad. Grateful as always for our wonderful sponsors. Please go support them for supporting the podcast and help this thing grow. But let's get to the main act. Roll the intro. Oh, what a lad. And I know a lot of you will be happy with today's guest as I've had about a thousand requests to get this lad on last week after his little post-match interview went viral. He's a proud Wellingtonian who started off with the Wellington Lions but has since moved up to Bar Plenty and over the last few years has been a big part of the Chiefs side putting in some big performances for them. His parents are also incredibly good lawyers, and as you guessed, he is an absolute <laughs> lad. It is one of the greats. Natoa Akoi, welcome, mate. Oh, what a little plug there for my parents. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> What's good, guys? What's good, man? Oh, mate, I'm feeling good energy from you. Yeah. I know why so many people wanted you on. I'm in, man. I'm happy to be here, eh? I've been uh, waiting for my turn. I've been waiting for my turn. <laughs> well, your time has come, and mate. How, obviously, I spoke about the um, interview. The interview that went viral, mate. How's your How's your life changed post that? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, the boys are probably sick of me talking about it every day. And if I'm with them and someone brings it up, they're like, "Bro, don't don't tell talk about it." But <laughs> it's been good. It's been good. Uh, oh, it's pretty crack of like I, I was honestly just talking to those guys and. Like, if I talk to guys that know me, they're like, mm. yeah, you're just yarning. But a lot of guys are like, man, this is so cool. You're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, I was just yarning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first interview? Because I haven't seen you, like, do an interview before. Obviously, this one's just blowing up. Was that sort of the first one? 
that was my first one. I was pretty rattled before it because I was scared they're gonna ask. Like if you if you watch the interview, they when they ask stuff about footy, fuck, I am guessing, eh? I was like, <laughs> they were just talking. About, what was the game? I was like, um, yeah, uh, games were good. But yeah, when they when I started talking, they I just sort of was like, I'm just gonna yarn. And then they started talking about my nails, yeah. and then I was like, bro, you're just gonna talk about my nails. I'm gonna just you know let me let me be me right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, once they got you singing, mate, it was all over, right on. Yeah, that was all over, yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> but how's it taken you like three years to get one interview? Right. You must have just been waiting. You looked ready. Yeah, honestly, it's funny. I, I, I took to Gus there. I was like, bro, you got to give me one of these gigs, man. You got to give me a Sky Sport or something to, to just get me open, bro. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then. When that happened, I didn't actually know I was there as a man of the match. I just thought, because I was talking to someone, they were just like, come, come, talk. And then they said that. I was like, oh, it's true. Because I came off in like 50, <laughs> 57 minutes. So I was like, right, I don't think I play that well if I'm going to come off that early in the game. Yeah. And then they said that. I was like, oh, sweet. And then, yeah. So I was kind of waiting. I was just sort of like thinking, I was thinking like if I was to be in a, do an interview, I would just sort of like be myself. So it sort of worked out in the end. And I'm glad that the way it came out, the way that people saw it was I was actually being myself because I feel like if I was talking and being someone else, then it would be so hard for me to keep up the same facade. So, yeah, yeah worked out in the end, I guess. Mate, that's a, I love seeing it. And you mentioned Big Gus. Um, he He's obviously had a bit of an influence on you. I know that you're rooming with him a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. What sort of um, advice has he given you? Oh, he, he tells me to stay humble, which is probably one of the main ones, which is pretty rich from that guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, he's been good, bro. He's actually been good. I think they roomed us last year because we were both one of the loudest guys in the team. <laughs> and then, yeah, was, we just sort of – some of our chat's outrageous in the room. I probably wouldn't don't want to elaborate too much. But, um, yeah, it's funny because I always ask him about certain things. And we always actually have real, real deep conversations about, um, about life and – because he's also, he's always, you know, he's, uh, how old is he? 48. Um, I'm 22. So it's sort of just different guys and different pathways of their life. So it's nice to look room with that guy and listen to his, uh, his story because he's actually got a mean story. Eh? He's got mm. a, he's gone through a lot in life. So yeah. 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 He was one of my favorite podcasts, to be fair, mate. Just such a funny guy. Such a good story. As yeah. Well, so. Yeah, uh, mate, it's cool yeah. that you guys get to room together because no doubt you'd be having some um, classic <laughs> yarns. But... <laughs> oh, hey, it gets way off sometimes. It actually gets pretty way off. Um, but yeah, no, he's good. Got a lot of time for that guy. He's obviously very comfortable in front of the camera. Have you always been comfortable in front of the camera? Um, yeah, yeah. I sort of like enjoy that side of footy and um, – put it on a show, I guess. So, mm. yeah, I, pr- I do get rattled quite easily, especially yeah. if they start talking about footy. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not that big of a code head. And, and especially if we talk about footy after a game, like if I'm if I'm having a good game, then I honestly don't even remember the game. Yeah. So I, I, when I was talking to those guys, I was like, what do I do? And then they were saying this and then I was like, oh, I was just going to go back to the air. Yeah, it's a game of too hard. You know, credit to the boys, credit to the ladies in the kitchen. I was just going to start whipping these lines off because honestly, I was like, what even happened? So, yeah. Okay. Note to self, no footy chat. Yeah, no footy chat. I've got none. I've got none for you. <laughs> well, I, I know that you're a big man on Swish, so I bet the Swishes were flowing in last week after the week cameo. No, 
My swish is so dry. Is oh it? Oh, my God. I've got nothing. I've got nothing, bro. Shout out to swish. If you need, you know, shout me some, you know, some messages. I've actually, yeah. When I when I first got into switch, I was like, fuck, no one's going to mail me. And then, yeah, no one's mailed me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, if you guys need something, bro, come see me now. You know, it'd be nice to, to throw, a bit of, you know, throw a bit of chat around on Swiss. Mate, I checked you up. I was expecting you to be around that $300 mark. You're down there at the $30 nah, mark. You're an absolute steal. Nah. Get amongst the <laughs> listeners. Bro, I am humble on that Swiss thing right now. I need a, I need some people to come in and show me some bloody love, eh? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. But I, I know you did say you don't like talking footy, but you have been playing some unreal footy. I, I mentioned that you are in my um, fantasy rugby team. You've been piling up the points for me mm. when you've been given an opportunity. And you do have mm. pretty tough competition up there, obviously, three other All Blacks to compete with yeah. for a locking spot. But have you found mm. it? Have you found the season yeah. so far? Uh season's been good. Um, I sort of knew uh, – that it would, it would be sort of like this. And it's pretty cool because when I first came into the Chiefs, we just had Michael Allardyce, Tyler Ardron, then COVID happened and then they had left and it was just me and Toops yeah. and Mitch Brown, who's not even a block, he's a six. And it was sort of just us learning from each other. Um, and then Toops became all black later in that year. And then last year, um, again, it was just us two. So we didn't have anyone to sort of, you know, learn from. We were just sort of learning from each other. And then this year has been cool because it's been – the most uh, competition I've had in a in a in a team. We've got Josh Lord who became an All Black last year. Toops, who's um playing unreal. He's been playing unreal since he got on the scene. And then the Guzzler, who's you know the goat. So um, it's been good. Um, it's been a good year. The culture's um, the culture here is unreal. And um, I think every year I've been here, the team's just getting tighter and tighter. So it makes for makes for good times. Yeah, good stuff. What is Guzzler like um, to learn off? He's a man here, yeah, honestly. Uh, when he first came in, um, I was in awe of that guy. And I was like, uh, holy. And then um, when he was, the sh- we would have like line-out meetings. And that guy, like, he's playing chess. I'm playing checkers. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the next line-out. And he's thinking, like, he's thinking two line-outs ahead. And I was remember asking him, well, what do you do here? He goes, well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump here to see, up, to see the defense here. And then if they do this, then I'm going to jump here. I was like, bro, this is like... <laughs> Way off chat for me. Yeah. Um, so it's been cool. It's been cool learning off that guy. Same as same as Toops as well. Hey, Toops has come come back and learned heaps and um, since being all black. So those guys, yeah, good to learn off. Mate, awesome. And every time you've been given an opportunity, you've really put your hand up. Um, have you found your own personal form? Um, yeah, it's been good. I think I feel like um, that's like what you're saying. Like I. I've tried to come on and make an impact um, and I'm sort of solidifying my role in the team as, as an impact player, which is um, not ideally where a footy player would want to be. But for me, um, I just want to do whatever it takes to, to get a win. And um, so it's been good. Um, I feel like, yeah, coming off the bench, I've been adding a little bit of energy and a bit of bit of flair and um, a bit of, you know, lifting the tempo. So, um yeah, I've been enjoying it, yeah. Mate, you've been on absolute fire, but we will end the footy chat there. And I do <laughs> want to hear from your story from the start, like all good stories, <laughs> all good movies, all good books. We need to start at the start. Um, take us back 22 years ago uh, when the young Natoa was just born and growing up. Um, yeah, I was, um, obviously I was born in Wellington. Um, shit, I don't know how, what else, my parents – a brown, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, 
And <laughs> what else? What am I trying to talk about? Sorry, <laughs> born in Wellington. Um, born and bred in Wellington until I was eighteen. Went to Hataro School with um, with Billy Proctor actually, oh. and then he went to Scots. And then I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was back in the day. And then um, went to Wellington High in my first year of school, which is like an alternative school um, that no one really knows about. And then I went to Wellington College for my last four years. Um, I just went to Wellington High because my parents actually handed the form in late, so I actually wasn't even accepted into Cole, oh, um, which was fucking, yeah, <laughs> uh, that was like, I was like, what the, how can you, how can you get that wrong, is, is, my, is my question, like, how, what is going on in your life for me to not be important, you know, anyway, anyways, that was what was happening then, um, yeah, spent, did most of my footy um, at Wellington College, uh, played uh, for them and then for my club, uh, Marisol Pets, uh, junior rugby. And then when I left college, I went and played a bit of senior rugby over there before. Um, did an opportunity with the Lions and then um, an opportunity with the Chiefs. So, yeah, right. that's probably pretty brief for you. You have raced through that and I love it. But by all yeah. accounts, you're an absolute gun from a young age. Eh? Wellington College, is it true that you made their first 15 at year 10? That's unbelievable. Yeah, in year 10, that was my first year at the school and then um, I don't even know what happened. I think I, I wasn't even going to play for them. And then I did one trial game and then I went off and played, was playing Aussie rules um, in, in Aussie. And then the team had got named and um, my, my phone was blowing up. And then, yeah, once I got in there, I never left, I guess. So, yeah, it's been pretty, it was pretty fun footy out there. And um, I remember people coming back to cold, they say, if this is the best footy you've ever played, you're thinking, like, like surely professional rugby is cool. But then, man, you, you get into the game, you realize, bro. That's that's <laughs> fucking living out there, right? Yeah, you you mentioned Aussie Rules there though. So when did you start playing Aussie Rules, and how did you get into that? Um, I was playing Aussie Rules because my brother was playing it, and then when I went to Cole, um, I started playing it again, and then yeah, I think from year ten up till almost my maybe to year twelve, I was playing it. Um, I was doing that in a bit of water polo, um, which was pretty cool, and I think my year 11 year year 12 year my coach sat me down and was saying if you want to play afl or water polo then do that but if you want to play footy do that as well or you have to do that so it was sort of like a i was at a crossroads in my second to last year of school and then i chose rugby um and haven't really looked back since but yeah did a couple years of aussie rules which was pretty mean traveled to australia a couple times which was awesome and then i played water polo which probably my main three sports um or through my um, what's they called intermediate and primary school and then uh, once I got to college I started to drop off and then just play full on rugby um, but yeah What made you choose rugby out of the other two over the other two? Um, I wanted to go to I actually wanted to I was like in my year 10 year I was like it would be pretty cool to um, play water polo in university we travelled to Hawaii when I was in year 10 um, and that was a cool experience so, and I was thinking Fuck, this, would, this wouldn't be mean this would be pretty mean um, and then AFL was cool, um, but yeah, I think I've just been a rugby guy ever since ever since I was born, and um, that was the dream of being an All Black and a professional rugby player was probably um, outweighing um, those sorts of uh, mm. dreams, I guess, for me. Yeah, and what's water polo like to play? It looks looks like a nightmare of a sport for me, who hates trying to stay afloat. Right, honestly, it's it's pretty hectic, eh? Like it's quite physical. Um, but it's knackering, tiring, um, knackering, not even a word, um, tiring, and <laughs> what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, honestly, there was, there was just no brown people in the water. Me and my brother 
okay, maybe this other dude in Auckland will be like the only brown people. We just look fucking way out of sorts, eh? But yeah, um, I probably, I was probably, um, that was probably my best sport. Eh? I feel like I was probably better at water polo than all the other sports, but um, bro, it's a it's a tough sport. I, I wouldn't be able to just pick it up again. Um, swimming, fitness, and rugby fitness, two different things. Mm. And yeah, honestly, staying afloat is probably um, something I can't do for a long time at, at this point in time in my in my life. So yeah. And what about AFL? Um, you obviously must have a good, decent kick in, on you. I back myself. Back myself. Um, you, you have to ask a few guys in the team, you know. But um, it's actually way different kicking a. Um, Aussie rules ball than a footy ball, but um, yeah, I've I've I've, uh, I've bet myself. Yeah, do you think you'd be able to compete at that now, AFL? Uh, we went we played went to Melbourne. We went past a few um, stadiums that I played in, and I was like, "Those are fucking huge." Can I swear on this? Yeah, mate. Be you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, bro, those are massive out, and those guys run fucking ten k or whatever. Um, but I feel like I feel like if I gave it a crack, I could probably do it. But I'd probably have to lose ten kilo, um, and then do a whole lot of different training. But yeah, I back myself, I guess. Any desire to do it at some point or nah? Nah, nah. The losing ten kilo part is probably <laughs> like, like, probably not even ten kilo, it's like fifteen kilo. Eh? That's probably like fuck. You're asking a lot of myself. You know, there's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made, but um. Yeah, ah, we'll see, but I don't see it in the near future, that's for sure. Mm. So then what was your pathway from school? You obviously chose the rugby pathway and Wellington College, um, first 15 for four years. Mm. Uh, out of school, you're obviously pretty hot property. I'd imagine a lot of people try to sign you. I know here at Tasman, they still call you the one that got away, but oh, um, nice. any other teams try and get you? Shit, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I think it was me. It was probably when I left school, I played New Zealand schools and I had already signed with Wellington before that. And then I remember um, I talked to Tasman. Those guys were really cool. I can't even remember the guys' names, but they actually came over, um, came to my house, sat me down and bro, their pitch was awesome. Eh? Like, unreal. Um, I still talk to Nanks about it to this day, like what could have been. But, um <laughs> And I remember, I honestly remember, like, I remember going and talking to my mate about it. I was like, bro, would I go to Wellington for, like, the Marcos? And he was like, bro, you, no one even knows who the Marcos are. <laughs> we didn't really watch, like, NPC. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, who wants to live with Nelson? Like, who's even the Marcos? And then, lo and behold, fucking, we're just getting pumped by them every week. I'm like, like we need it, the Marcos, eh? So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably just those two. Those two got those two teams at the time. It was... Uh, Wellington, the Canes, and then um, Tasman had come, and they were with uh, the Crusaders. So, it was sort of those two guys. But um, yeah, what could have been? I guess what could have been. Mm. I was down there. And what was your time like in the um, Wellington Lions Academy? Uh, it was fun. Um, it was a cool first year. Like I was just in my first year, so just going for a ride, and then we ended up making the finals and losing to you guys. Um, which was a, it was a cool final, eh? Like, I've never been in a final that big, and then we was remember just being on the sideline, and then the the crowd's so close to us, eh? And just giving a shit as we're warming up. And I'm like, fuck, this is mean. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, and we, I felt like we were in it for most of the game, and then I'm pretty sure Nanks just went in like, he must have caught kickoffs and just ran like 
made a break every every time we caught a kick. I was like, I can't remember because right, I was on the sideline, but I was like, shit, this was cool. Um, but I spent that year there and then another year, um, my last year, uh, 2020, um, and it was fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Good bunch of people and um, it was cool to sort of be representing my home. And were you still living at home uh, during this period? Cause yeah, yeah. By all accounts, you're a bit of a mummy's boy, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I wasn't living at home. I was living. I was living with my missus um, at their house. I sort of moved from like my mum looking after me to my missus looking after me. And it was sort of, <laughs> it was sort of just. If I went back home, would be the same. And if I went back, if I lived with my missus, it was the same. So, it was sort of like home and my mum or missus and food and the other things that come with having a missus. So it was like sort of just outweighing, outweighing. Uh, I'm a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived with my miss. We lived um, in Strathmore for a couple of years, um, which was mean. I'm living with her mum as well. Her mum's great as well. So, um, yeah. And we got a heap of questions about the headgear. Um, you obviously write mum on your headgear mm. every week. Um, what's the story behind that one? Um, there probably isn't really too much of a story. It's sort of just the fact that I'm a mummy's boy. And um, I, th- I started wearing headgear, I mean, college, and then, just thought I'd just chuck it on one time and I was like, shit, this is quite nice. And mm-hmm. I've just left it ever since. And um, a lot of guys think my mum's dead or my mum's got <laughs> cancer, but I'm like, bro, she's she's probably on the piss right now. But I don't know. I'm just checking. She's a good lawyer. She's a good lawyer. She's a good lawyer. Oh, one of the great lawyers. Um, she's probably doing, you know, at a law firm. She's probably doing it, you know, at a law firm and, you know, diving into political things. And I don't actually know what lawyers do. But um, yeah, so she's, 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 she's alive and well and healthy. Um, I just love her a lot, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> you got pretty hissing hairdo too. Yeah. So have you ever been tempted to sort of let the headgear go and let the get the hair out? Look at that! I actually wore I wore it um, against the Canes when I started against the Canes. We beat the Canes early in the year. I didn't wear headgear. Um, no one really noticed, um, but I actually just left my fucking I left my headgear here, and then I got on the bus and I was like fuck my headgear and then I was like oh well I'm just going to try and um, go without a headgear so it was pretty it was pretty cool wearing without headgear um, but I feel like I'm building a bit of a brand with the headgear so I should keep it on and then, and then we played against the Reds and I was like it was so human I was contemplating not wearing headgear and then I watched Toops have like a head on head collision and I was like fuck that, I'm putting my headgear on because yeah I don't want another concussion so yeah <laughs> Have you have you looked as far as potentially starting your own sort of headgear brand with mum on it? Is that where you're thinking? Yeah, see, that's sort of yeah, something like that. I think I feel like there is probably um, if I keep this long enough, I could probably build a bit of a following with it. And mm. yeah, I haven't thought too deep into it, but I can see that it, there is potential for that to to happen for me. So. We'll see. We'll see. Huge, mate. I could I can imagine going down to Saturday early morning footy. All these kids have this headgear oh, with mum gosh. on it. Oh, oh, that'll be living. And you are just making bank. Yeah, that's it. That <laughs> is it right there. Yeah, that is one hundred percent. Because I actually see like I don't know. I actually see people in Wellington like having something on their headgear. Some guys have mum, and some guys have yeah. like they actually have like other other things on. I was thinking, fuck. That's it right there. That's 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 something I could jump into. So if I can be bothered, I'll probably try to give it a crack. Mate, you'll get there. Could even be like a little whiteboard where you can write whatever you want on there. How good's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whiteboard would be change it every week. Yeah, you can just sort of I don't even know, rub it out and then <laughs> <laughs> 
Every week you represent <laughs> anyone. You represent your missus, then your kids, then your church, then your side lady, whatever whatever you want. You you go, you put it on there, my bro. Yeah. Even change it at half time. Bro, you, you know, if you it's can not change working. it every 20 minutes, bro, you know. You score a try, wipe that off. Score another try, boom, representing someone else. Yeah. But that works, eh? That, you, you could be onto something there, my bro. Holy echo. <laughs> mate, let's, do, let's go half, mate. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I love it. So you obviously played a couple of years with Wellington. Um, how come you never played for the Hurricanes and why did you move to the Chiefs? What happened here? Uh, um, um, I, I had an opportunity to come to the Canes when I – because I, if you remember, I did it like ITC. You were there. I remember very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did ITC with the Canes. Um and then I went to twenties, and there were there were talks about me signing, and then I didn't make the twenties. Um, and then I um, came back, and then didn't hear from them until sure. I didn't really, yeah, didn't really hear from them until like the Lions season, and then um, the Chiefs had come, and I was like, shit, this would be cool. And as the Chiefs had come, I was, I found out I was having the kids, and I was like, oh, I can either stay here and do another like another preseason and then work on the bloody roads or I can go to the Chiefs and um, try and make some money. So it ended up, it ended up working out for me. I'm, I'm happy with my decision um, mm. and I love it up here. So, yeah. Why did you miss out on New Zealand 20s? Um, I thought you made New Zealand 20s. Uh, I made the 20s. I made New Zealand 20s, the team before the World Cup. And then I, um, I was at the, whatever that tournament is in Australia. And then, I was fuck, so tired this one day when I took a nap um, and then I was with my roommate and then um, took a nap, woke up, checked the time and I was about 40 minutes late and I was like, fuck, and I was like, bro, we got to get up, we got to get up. Looked to my to the other bed and my roomie's gone. And I was like, oh, sweet ass. Um, I won't name the roomie because, you know, that's just, I don't want to do that. But then I broke and the, the elevator going down is see-through yeah so i'm going down and like prior to the training is a meeting so i'm going down and the boys are freaking warming up and i'm like oh my days i can see them warming up i've realized i've missed the meeting i've missed probably half the warm-up and i come down i just was like fuck trying to get changed i'm trying to put my boots on i just jump in the warm-up and i just jump in bro and then bro we're doing passing drills i'm dropping every ball i'm like i am so rattled here oh like oh so i missed the meeting missed probably 10 minutes of the warm-up and then after the training the coach comes he's like what happened blah, blah, blah. Bro, i just slipped in um and then he just said oh sweet make up for it in the game and you should be sweet and then bro i've i rolled my ankle so bad in like the first five minutes of fiji um, we played Fiji and then I came off and then got sent home and I was like, oh, well, that's the end of that. So, yeah, that's, I, I don't I don't know if that's why I lost 20s. There could be other reasons, but I feel like if you're 40 minutes late to a to a meeting and then 10 minutes late to a training, it's probably uh, something uh, that contributes to not uh, making the team. So I haven't asked the coaches. I should probably ask them and see what their thoughts are but yeah get some closure on it yeah yeah it was yeah it's all up in the air at the moment <laughs> Mate, there's no worse feeling than knowing that you're late to a meeting eh? like when you first realize and you'd see the time and your heart just drops Bro, honestly um 
I've been late. Oh, fuck, my, I was useless, like, at that part. And then, like, my first sort of lines um, gig, I was late a couple of times. And one time I came late. One time I came late to training. And then Gibbo, the, he's the Canes coach now, just sent me home for the week. For the week? Holy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, it was like, it was the trial week. It was the trial week. And I came late on Monday. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't really know the etiquette of when you're late. I thought you just like try and slip in. And then I came in and <laughs> one of the boys was like, fuck, did you, did you, did you call Mills like the manager? And I was like, no, nah. he's like, oh, fuck. He's like, oh, sweet. Just try and slide in. And then I walked in. I'm trying to warm up. And then Gabriel comes and he's like, right, talk him out. And he's like, where you been? I was like, oh, I've just been in the, in the, and I was stuttering. He goes, fuck, man, I've been looking for you all morning. Get out. I'll call you when I need you. And I was like, and I had to walk. My prep, my dad had dropped me off, and then he had gone to work. So I had to walk from Newtown to Coburnie. And bro, there was a lot of deep thought happening in that in that walk. I was like, oh, it was so bad. So I've had a few times where I've been late, and it, it just ra- like, honestly rattles me. Um, because when I came to like my first time um, with the Lions at this, it was like I was eighteen, and they did like a I don't know, pre-season games. Um, I walked in late to a meeting. I was probably like seven minutes late to a meeting. And as I, I slid in, as Gibbo was was telling, was talking. So he was talking, facing yeah. facing his back to me. And I literally just slid in and sat down. And he, as he, I sat down, he turned. And I was like, and he just carried on talking. Fuck. But I remember writing, we split into groups. Me, split into groups, probably doing like, what do you want to get out of this week? And then I was like, yeah. They're like, talking, you right. I was like, yeah. And I remember just like this shaking writing <laughs> and I, the bottom of the boys looking at me like this is kind of fucking all good but I, I, I was like this and then they're like can you talk and i was trying to speak and articulate my words but bro i was rattled um and those sorts of memories haunt me so yeah i haven't really been late to anything since since those incidents because yeah oh and this other time i was late to it i was actually late again to this lineup meeting and he just he just went went off oh, he just was like where, the blah, blah, where you been and then we did a lineup meeting and they left and I was I was trying to get back in his good books to, to talk so I talked to him I was like hey Gibbo like what do you reckon if I if I jump here and blah 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 he's like mate don't don't come see me bro go see the player and I was trying to walk off and he goes ah. and I was like <laughs> and I walked down you know in, you know how in the in the Canes thing how you can it's the coach's offices on top and you walk downstairs yeah but you you walk past all like the you walk past like the trainer and that yeah. and I remember walking past and they're like, they looking at me and they're like oh. and I walked past because everyone could hear me eh? and I walked downstairs and all the players were like this and I was just like going to the kitchen being fuck I'm an idiot eh? but yeah I feel like those are uh, those things those things strengthened me now because yeah I'm not really late to anything else so mm. I've been good ever since was that one of the hardest adjustments for you um, that time management. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think now, like, I'm, I'm probably like 20 minutes, I'm, probably, I'm half, half an hour to like most things, half an hour really to most things. Cause yeah, if I'm, if I'm like, I remember sometimes I will go to next, we'll be I'll go to Nanx's house for, um, for lunch break and he'll be like, Oh, we'll get back at 1230. But our training is warm up is at one or something. I'll be like, bro, can we just get here at top of then? Because I'm like, I don't even, I can't even deal with this head noise. So yeah, I don't know. It's probably one of the main things that I've had to work on, which is, uh, which is, uh, served me right. So, mate, but you've nailed it, and you nailed it in time for your move up to the Chiefs, 
And how was your move up to the Chiefs? Like um, you mentioned, just found out that you were having twins. Yeah. Or how did yeah. you feel once you um, found out you were having twins at that age? I was twenty when we when I had the kids. Um, twenty, jeez. It was yeah. I thought it was pretty cool actually. Like I like I always knew with Caleb, my partner, that it would this would be this was like my master plan was to be with her forever. So like when we found out we were having kids, I was like, yeah, sweet. This is. This isn't like a one night stand where I have to sort of worry about this and that, this and that. So it was, it yeah. ended up being, being sweet. Um, and it was just exciting. Like I was sort of just open minded about everything and listened to a lot of people's stories. And um, Kayla tried to get me to read books and stuff. But a lot of the books I was reading were about having one kid and this and that. I'm like, mate, I, you're not helping me with this one kid's, with one kid chat. So yeah, I was sort of just super open minded. And then we had the kids during lockdown. Um, for, which for us was was really mean because if we didn't have lockdown, I would have been in uh, South Africa or something. So um, mm. lockdown ended up working well for us. Um, but yeah, it was it was exciting and new, and um, I honestly was not prepared for anything, um, and I had no idea what was in store for me. So yeah, I've sort of just been uh, making it up on the way. <laughs> As we all do. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Oh, man, some things are, yeah. <laughs> so, but then you had to move up to um, Hamilton without obviously your help from your parents or her parents. So yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. you and your missus, two kids. Mm. How did you mm. find that? Yeah, so that, that for us was, was mean, eh? Like, we had them in lockdown uh, up here and um, we didn't have any help. Uh, we didn't have anyone to sort of, you know, help us out with anything. We just sort of just had to figure it out in ourselves. And for us, it, it sort of like strengthened us and we sort of realized um, what what worked and what didn't work. And then we went to live with them. And we were like, oh, maybe we can, we'll go back to Wellington and um, the, our families will help us. But we went back to Wellington and we are like, fuck, let's go back up. Because everyone's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't, like, don't do this. Don't do that. And we're like, Mate, we like we've been here. We've really been doing this for, for weeks, for like a couple of months. Like we know how to we know how to do this and that, and everyone's trying to chime in. So it ended up being detrimental when we went down and um, had our advice from parents, you know. But they, you know, they just love us and they're they're sort of trying to um, give us the best advice that they got or their, their, their learnings. But yeah, it was sort of um, it was sort of good for us um, not having anyone around us to to help us out. It was sort of yeah. like a sink or swim moment, and um, yeah, it's sort of a uh, Put us in good stead, I guess. I like that. And what was the hardest adjustment for you? Uh, probably just the sleep, eh? Like, <laughs> I was just a zombie for for <laughs> a long time. And then, fuck, oh, honestly, blew way out, uh, way out. My skinnies were like 170 True. when I came back. <laughs> 170? Which, which if you don't, if you know skinnies, they're horrendous. If you don't know skinnies, that's um, that's what you call way, way, way off. Um, yeah, I remember came, coming. I just stopped training, eh? Like, because we didn't know at the time if level two meant footy. And then I remember we we're going back to Wellington. I met the manager. I was like, what does level two look like? And he was like, nah, it'll be the same as everything else. Like, you don't have to. We won't be back playing anytime soon. And all the Zoom calls were saying. We don't know if the season's going to go ahead. So I was like, mate, if the season's not going ahead, like, I'll just train later. And then I hadn't really trained. And they were like, but they announced, level two, we were playing footy. Bro, I remember <laughs> when I heard that, and fuck, my heart just sank because I was so sloppy. And I was like, 
Oh, bro. Even when I even when I listened to the the announcement, like some guys were like, I remember last year they were playing it, like just reviewing our 2020 season, and it like it sort of just like startles me. I don't even know the sound of it. The sound of the I just remember going. I remember when that happened. I go, fuck. It's like <laughs> this is fucking. I'm done. Um, and then bro, I try to train, and I remember I remember the training that I did. And I remember, like, I couldn't even do it. And I remember thinking halfway through, like, I'm not even going to survive this. Eh? And then I went back up. And then I remember um, taking my top off to show my rig to the trainer to do my skinny. And he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, he's like, what have you been doing? Oh, I remember saying to him, I remember saying to him, I was like, yeah, I haven't, been, I haven't really been training. And he was like, what have you been doing? I was like, yeah, like I said, I haven't been training. He was like, bro, there's that and then there's this. And then I remember he was like, doing the pinches and, and he, the guys were like on their laptop and he would say the number and they were like, and then they would go, nah, 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 nah. And they'll grab the thing and fucking, they would try and they were like, oh bro. And I remember just saying, fuck. Yeah. So, so yeah, lockdown helped as a, as a parent, but it didn't help as a professional. Cause yeah, I've been went backwards. Wow. That is massive. So what were your skinnies normally, normally give us a sort of comparison. Uh, probably like in the nineties. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> I know, that's probably spinning a bit of a yarn. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were like high, like high nineties ish, and then lockdown happened, and then yeah, went up about seventy or whatever. <laughs> that's so good. What were you doing? Like, what were you eat? Was it um, nutrition or just not training? Obviously, you weren't training, but what were you eating? Yeah, I was trying for the first couple first couple weeks. I was training and eating sweet and then um bro once they had uber eats or something like takeaway deliveries come into lockdown that's all she wrote bro like we would like sleep at we, i wouldn't know whether to sleep at six o'clock because at night and then wake up at nine o'clock and then we'll just i would like get to six o'clock wake up at nine o'clock twelve o'clock five o'clock and then by the time it was five o'clock i was like I'm not even in the mood to get up here, and then we would just start ordering fucking whatever. One day we'd be like, "Let's just try the Macca's one because we haven't because we haven't tried it." And then, oh, we'll just try BK. And then, bro, we just ran through the whole of fucking Hamilton, every takeaway in Hamilton, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't work out well for us. Oh, shit. how long did it take you to um, drop that? Uh, probably uh, start of preseason. Um, Last year, uh, I was just dropping it slowly during the line season, and then um, that off season trained real well. Um, talked to uh, a few guys at the Moana, which was like their Moana that we played the Maldives. Yeah, um, they they had heaps of good advice. So I talked to a lot of guys, and then um, came in came in a, in good nick um, last year's preseason. Um, so yeah, I don't know how long that was, but probably six months or something. Which was a long time, but um, yeah, I've been I've been good ever since, which has been which has been good, and I've had a few we've had a few lockdowns since, so yeah. I've uh, I've definitely made a few shifts, which has been uh, pleasing, mate. And you're looking oh. shredded. It's good to see that you're learning from these mistakes that you've um, made throughout your career, mate. <laughs> Can't wait to see you in a in a couple of years. That's it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, I don't fall back on those sorts of uh, those sorts of slip ups. It's funny. I remember when we we played we played the Highlanders. First round after um, lockdown, like in twenty twenty, when I was sloppy and Barnsley was mm. he came and 
talked to me and another guy. I won't mention his name either, but he talked to me and another guy. He was like, you guys are fucking lucky you're playing. If I had it my way, you'd be out for the entire season watching everyone play until you get you get fit enough. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking, holy, i got to do well this year. Um, but yeah, I ended, up, I ended up playing all right that year, which is fucking... I look back in there and what, and I just think, how the hell am, was I running around like that? Mm. How the hell was I playing like eighty minutes? Um, which, yeah, I don't know what was what was going on there, but yeah, it worked well for me, I guess. <laughs> you got there in the end, and you mentioned that Moana versus Maldives game. That's it. Um, I have heard from the great Alex mm. Nankerville that there was a hissing do after that, and you were obviously leading the charge. Give me the rundown on that. <sighs> yeah. Um, it was unreal. Yeah, we finished the game. Obviously, it was in Hamilton, so I sort of knew um, Hamilton Town at the time, which was um, a blessing. And then, uh, bro, I, we went to House on Hood, which is the main club. Um, I sort of s- caught up with Sean Wainu and Tatoiro, who were sort of my bender buddies. Um, which may come out, come out a bit later in the in the yarn, but um, yeah, we we just yeah we sort of uh, get after, it. and then I got kicked out of the house because I tried to climb on the balcony to take a photo of Quinn, who was on the other side of the table. I could have just walked around, but I climbed. Up, I don't know what I was up to. And I climbed to the balcony, and the guy was like, "Get out!" And then I left the house and hood at probably like two o'clock, and then Ubered to to Toydor's house, Triple T's house, um, and then we partied from two till about seven. Um, and that was mean. Like it was cool because it was the Moana guys um, and the Maldives guys, and we just came together. And um, it was like a real cool connection. There was a few guys, like some of the coaches were there. Probably won't name names because no one, yeah, yeah, they want to name names. But um, some of the like there was coaching staff and management at the party, and it was like, bro, this is mean to have um, two different teams come together. And um, bro, we just played reggae all night, and then uh, I was like seven o'clock. And I knew I was. I had the flight, and my flight was at nine. And I knew I could. I wasn't going to get back that night. So I like packed my bag up, left the key in under the door. And my parents had come to the game. Got about seven o'clock, and I was like, I just want to keep partying. And I called my mum, who was in Hamilton, and I was like, Mom, can you <laughs> can you pack up my bag? It's 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 room number blah blah blah. And I'll just I'll just see it in Wellington, and then she. Yeah, she picked up my bag, um, and then I was trying to call the um, the Moana manager to change my flight. I was like, just change it, change it, change it. He's like, bro, we can't change it. Your flight's in an hour. And then, yeah, so I had to – I just had wore whatever I was wearing to town to the airport, got to the airport, hadn't slept, and then I walked into the lounge, and, like, Pity Whippy was there and Shannon Paku in there, and I was like, Shannon Paku, <laughs> you're the man. Like – Hurricanes, baby, hurricanes. <laughs> and then Kane Haynes was there. I was like, Kane Haynes, Chiefs Mana. Oh, bro, I was just, bro, I was just like walking around trying to like trying to drink a beer. And then I was talking to Pretty Whipper and I was like, Pretty's Tiki Toys. Get me in the Tiki Toys, bro. Tiki Toys. And I remember just, they were just like, like didn't want to borrow me. And I, I was like, oh, this is so bad. And then, yeah, I got home, slept like for an hour on the airport, uh, in the, on the plane ride home. And then, I came back and my mistress was like, go to bed. I'll, I'll wake you up in the afternoon, which was like, how good. And then, yeah, just slept for a couple of hours, woke up sweet. But oh. yeah, it was honestly, but I look back at it that night and that was one of my, that was one of the most enjoyable nights. Um, 
that I just did not want to end. But yeah, that was a big one too. All time. Oh, what a do. And I know you, like, apparently you do go really good on a do. And um, Nanks obviously spoke about his six day bender at the Chiefs, um, gave some good insight mm. on his podcast. Apparently mm. you were leading the charge on that one too. Any memories from that or all blur into one? Um, no, it's the funny thing is I remember most of it, eh? Um, yeah, I was probably MVP. Um, <laughs> I think I think Nanx probably most improved because he, yeah, started off slow. Yeah. Uh, went, got up a bit and then he sort of just fizzled out in the end. Mm. So Wednesday was our end of year due. Um, so that's why, that's why when we drank on Saturday and I knew the end of year due was on Wednesday, I was like, why do I, why do I, why should I stop? And then go again. Why don't I just keep going? <laughs> Which, yeah, ask yourself if that's a good idea or not. But yeah, did the Wednesday. That's when I seen I was did the Wednesday, and Nax had been coming in. He'd been coming in every now and then, and then that Wednesday I was like, "Man, do you want to embark on this journey? Like this journey that we're going on?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then took him on the journey Wednesday. Um, went to Wednesday all the way to Thursday, um, and then ended up stopping Friday morning. And then Nax had woken up. I don't know if he's explained it, but he woke up and then he didn't know. He didn't know it was Friday. He thought it was Thursday, and he had missed the entire. He had missed. Did he say that? Did he talk about it? bro? And I remember sitting back, and he goes, "Is it Friday?" Like he's getting up, and I'm like, "Yeah, but yeah, bro, it's Friday." And then, yeah, he. I remember him being like, like so rattled, and I was like, "He's like, I missed everything on Thursday. <laughs> missed the day." <laughs> it was one of the biggest. Uh, Things I've ever been a part of Friday, Saturday night to Friday morning, and then probably just took like four weeks off <laughs> just trying to survive. And it was yeah, yeah. Ended up it ended up being a, it ended up being a shambles trying to get home. Um, my my missus had to fly up, and then oh she drove up with friends, and then we flew back to Wellington, and then my parents had to drive up, pack my house, and then drive all my stuff down because <laughs> I was lost. Who had the twins? Uh, who had the twins? Oh, I think her, I think her mum had the twins. I think her mum had the twins. Her mum had the twins. Yeah, who had the twins, bro? That was the least of my worries at that point in time. I was honestly trying to survive. Eh? Who had the twins, bro? That was probably one of the greatest Christian days that I have never even thought about. The thing was, is that what had happened? She had, she had, she had already left the week, and then she had already given me the week off. A week yeah. um, in Hamilton, like alone. So she, I, I was like, "Can I just drink? Can I just drink all week?" She goes, "Yeah, just make sure you make sure you pack the house. Like the only thing is, just pack the house <laughs> and drive on Friday." And I remember going, "Yeah, like sweet." And I remember it being Thursday and going, "Bro, like I just thought it was like you know if you sometimes you drink and the next day you just like you, you're able to do it." I just thought I was able to do it, and then got to Friday and I was like, "Bro, there's no way I can even move. Like, I couldn't even move." <laughs> Yeah, I won't explain, but yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they came and saved my life, eh? And then I remember just being under the pump for a couple of weeks, eh? But yeah, oh, the big one, the, that was a big one, yeah, one of the big ones, yeah, that is a big one. The mindset to push your body through that, oh, yeah, that's the thing, bro. You know, I was pushing my body through 160 <laughs> mils of skin folds. Like, if you can do that. You can push the days of, you know, good times living. Oh, mate, you're like the David Goggins of a bender. Oh, Bro, <clears throat> I think I should write a book about digging deep through the tough times <laughs> and persevering because there's light at the end of the tunnel, which probably 
my 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 end of my New Year's resolution is like when it gets to twelve o'clock at night on the piss, and then there's a ride home for me, like a free ride home. Someone saying, "Let's go home, bro. Like we can go get a fee." And like I, I would always say no. Mm. There was this is my new like re- New Year's resolution is to just just get in the car, mate. Just get in the car and go home. Just take it. Mm. Some yeah. Sometimes I try to kick on up the town, and then I won't take a free ride home. I'll go to you know party, and then. Is like the party is only like half an hour, and I realize <laughs> I've missed a free ride, I've missed a free feed, you know, I've missed my own bed. I have to sort of sort all this stuff out. So, my new year's resolution is to sort of just take the free ride when it comes and just get out of there. So, oh. I've, I've learned from those, I've learned from uh, those mistakes as well, mate. It's constant throughout this podcast, you're making mistakes, but you're learning from them. That's awesome. Mm. It's growth, man. It shows growth, huge growth, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can probably take some of this growth and apply it without having to make these mistakes yeah yeah don't yeah a few things in there that you, you probably shouldn't do um so that's probably one of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> who had the kids bro who had my kids that's a, that's a horrendous dad moment eh? oh my god who had your kids bro when you were on the piss for six days i didn't even have an answer for that eh? oh, that's horrendous. i do love my kids though and i've learned from that as you can tell i've you know yeah, you're a learner. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a learner. I'm a learner. The other move in your career was um, the move across the bar plenty. Where did this one come from? Um, I wanted to stay and like, live closer to the Chiefs. Um, and my decision was to sort of sign. Do I sign with the Chiefs? I was off contract last year. Do I sign with the Chiefs and live in that area? Or do I sign with the Canes and then go back home and just park up back home. Um, ultimately, I wanted to, to stay here at the Chiefs um, just because of Guzzler coming back and um, having a lot of those guys uh, around me to, to learn from. And then I was sort of thinking about where I would want to um, where I would want to sorry play in my Mata 10 career in Bunnings Cup, whatever it's called now, um, around uh, the Chiefs, Chiefs sort of region. Um, I don't. I don't want to live in Waikato, but Hamilton, sorry, for twelve months. So that was like sweet. I don't want to do that. Um, and then the bay had come. The bay had come, and oh, sorry, in that twenty twenty bender on the Sunday, the so Saturday Sunday, I was talking so much shit, and I was like, "Get me to the bay, like, get me to the bay." Talking to all the all the bay boys, and they were like, "Bro, I'll, I'll call Clayton now." And you tell him, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And then called Clayton, and I was like, "Clayton, like, give me to the bay, blah blah blah." So yeah, and then and then I was off contract last year, and he actually come see me seriously. He's like, "Mate, are you talking shit, or do you actually want to come to the bay?" And I was like, "Fuck!" And then I talked to a lot of guys at the bay, like Chase, um, Carpy, who was there, um, Tatoidor, a lot of those guys, and Adam Ross, and they're like, "Bro, it's so nice over here. It's good living." And I would play good footy and blah blah blah, and then Sean Wainu was he he was off contract with the Naki and he was wanting to sign there, and I was like, oh, bro, this is like Tatoida was there and Shawnee was there, he was like one of my close mates up here. I was like, man, it would be no brainer for me to just sort of come with him and jump on there, jump on their party. So I ended up heading to the the Bay Plenty, yeah, Mate. two years right last year, this year, and hopefully touch the ground. Love that, but you have mentioned. Um... The great mm. Sean Wainui a couple of times, so I feel like we uh, do need to talk about that. Um, how how did that moment affect your life? Uh, yeah, it was crazy, eh? Like, 
I remember I remember where I was. I was with my kids um, in Kilburnie, Wellington, and Tetoiro had mailed me about it, and I was like, I just shook and then called him. He talked about some stuff, and I was like, all right. And then I, so I was out of town. Um, all of us were out of town. So I was out of town. Tetoiro was a family. Inga Fina was a family who's also, we were all living together at that point in time. And then, yeah, so I had a flight. I changed my flight to that day and went up that day. And then, yeah, it was like, a lot of it was surreal. Um, the entire week was like, it was it was just like, it just felt like a movie. Um, and then we went to the Tangi. And then it was it was only until I left Gizzy that I was like, holy, like, we had done the burial and stuff. And then we were at the, the, the burial. And then I remember when I was leaving, and that's when it hit me. I was like, bro, this guy's like, this is this is so real and mm. um yeah it's been a hectic hectic like couple couple months and um especially coming back to work um after the summer and not having Shawnee there and Tetoro who's um he was he's at the Crusaders so I knew at that you know um before that that Tetoro was going to the Crusaders so I was like man this is cool like I'll, I'll just I'll have Shawnee blah 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 and then coming to work and then both of them not being there, I was like, fuck, this is, yeah, hectic. And then, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, been, I can't even explain it, eh? Like, mm. some days just get me heaps and some, like, if I'm driving to work and I listen to a song, it reminds me of, you know, mm. a memory or, like, it's a song that Shawnee showed me, I'll just be like, holy fuck. And then um, we did a lot of, like, little things around Shawnee um, within the team and those just broke me as well, like, um, if if I watch something of Shawnee, like we watch something, and I'll just get emotional and that sort of stuff. And we had a cool, had a cool moment against the playing the Brumbies. We sorted our uh, a memorial game, or whatever it's called, for Shawnee, and that was an emotional week. Um, I remember crying before during the warm up, um, and then yeah, doing a mean hucker for him after that game, and um, I was emotional seeing his family and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah. I don't know what what sort of grief journey um, I've, I'm on at the moment, or how long it's going to take. I, I feel like it'll take a long time, but it's just one of those things, I guess, in life where um, you're in this earth, you know, on this earth for one time and then you're not. So mm-hmm. um, sort of part and parcel of life. I'm still trying to figure it out, um, but yeah, it's been crazy, man. Mate, so sad, eh? Because he was such a lad, and he was the man, bro. Like. When I first came into the Chiefs, I didn't know anyone, um, and he was like one of the first guys to come and approach me and just sort of like make me feel at home. There was one thing I loved about the Chiefs was that um, everyone that when I first came in, um, when I first came in, I thought um, Brody was still at still at the Chiefs. I didn't know he was going on sabbatical, so I was like, "Fuck, I need to just I need to fight Brody first day and try and earn some respect here." I just thought that's what it took for me to to sort of like. Um, get some respect and then I came in and then guys like Shawnee and guys like Peter Gus or all these random um, guys I didn't meet hadn't met um, they just come yarn to me first day um, that's one thing I love about the Chiefs but yeah he was the man um, he had just had his, his son Kawariki so then I was just having my kids so he would, I always talk to him about um, dad things and this and that and ask little questions and he would always ask how my family are going and whatnot. and then we sort of found 
um, found out we liked to bend together. So that was something that we uh, we enjoyed getting the monks. Uh, um, he also liked reggae music. He loved it a lot. Um, and then he he also loved the water, which is something that we both shared. And it was pretty cool to have someone like him um, sort of be like, have the same wavelength um, with mm-hmm. me and heaps of, heaps of similarities in my life. So that was cool. And then he was, he was like, a hundred percent on being himself he always yeah. he was always himself no matter what like you listen to interviews and then he's just a hoary guy on interview and then you listen to him talk he's the same dude like yeah, yeah. and i remember when i came i came and like painted my i painted my toenails at the base in season he was like showed him he was cracking up and um asking me like why are you doing this blah 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 and then I was just like, bro, I just want to be mean. He he was like, bro, that's mean. And he was explaining, like, when he was at the Naki, people were, like, telling him to put shoes on. He was like, fuck that, like, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so it was, he was always like, bro, you just got to be you. Like, just be you at, you know, whatever whatever time and um, just be real the whole time. So that was one um, real cool thing that I probably learned of him. Um, but, yeah, bro, he was like a weapon. Um would get on the piss and still run like a 428 Bronco. He was like the, the definition of Gary on your back. And I, I have no idea how guys like him can do that. <laughs> There's certain guys that I've met, I've come across in my footy career that, that are just true weapons like that, that can just, you know, sink piss and just back it up. He was one of those guys, eh? But yeah, he was the man. That was one thing that I cannot replicate from that dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you were spot on about him being always himself. I remember him as like a young, I think he must have been 18 or something, coming into the Naki, um, and he was completely what you said, even from that young age where most guys are quite yeah. shy and um, a bit standoffish, yeah. but he was just straight away comfortable to get up and speak, like you say, very hoary. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. He just owned it. He, he owned his personality, yeah. and it was so cool and refreshing to see. Mm. I think that was a bad move. Man. Yeah, gutted, mate. So sad, eh? So sad. But we will, we do, we'll crack on. Um, to you, um, what are your plans going forward, mate? I got one more year next year. Next year is my last year at the Chiefs, and then this is my last year with the with the Bay. You want to be a Chief for life, or what's the goals? All Blacks. Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, I want to be an All Black. Um, I want to be an All Black, hundred percent. Um, I love I love it, the Chiefs. I would I'd love to stick around here for as for as long as I can. Um and I'd love to get to Japan after all of that as well. It makes some make some good yeah. year. Have you have you thought about potentially looking to change um franchises? Obviously you say you love the Chiefs, but have you seen potentially opportunities at other franchises where you're yeah, likely yeah. to be get be getting a bit more minutes and potentially be their main lock instead of you know having to scrap with three other All Blacks for game time. Uh yeah, I guess like the, the reason I stayed here was um, yeah to learn off those guys. So that was sort of a decision that that I made that I so I can't get upset with the way I'm with where I'm at in this and my you know at, at the season. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm competing with the best. Um, and yeah, I guess there's probably an opportunity if I. Uh, moved to sort of be um, playing good footy with bigger minutes. Um, coming home would be cool. I guess that would be sort of like a big dream for me to, to fulfil. Um, I don't see that uh, happening in the near future, but mm. I guess you never know. Um, 
But yeah, I, honestly, I love it here. I like the the culture here. Like I was saying, is is unreal, bro. Like everyone here is good people. Um, the the connections we have um, between each other, and also like with the Chiefs region as mean. Um, I really enjoy the fact that like Hamilton and the whole of the Chiefs region um, get amongst us. Um, mm. So it's hard for me to it would be hard for me to say goodbye here. Um, but it is sort of like as a business decision, probably something that I do have to look at. I'm um, of my contract next year and um, weigh the options. So we'll see when we get there. At the moment, I'm I'm super happy where, where I'm at now. Mate, exciting times for you, and that we stint in Japan will be worth plenty, oh, no doubt. Yeah, but me, talk to me about me um, post footy. Uh, I know you mentioned in your um, interview that you're pretty keen to get a gig with Stan Sport or potentially Sky Sport, um, potentially mm. run your own TV show. Mm. You, and, you and Gus would actually run a very good TV show together. Um, I'd love to see that. Gus Gus was always talking about like he would love to have a TV show. I'm like, bro, when, I, when come, my career's done, bro, I'll just jump in with you and we'll just, we'll just take it to the moon. But um, <laughs> I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'd love to do, I'd love to do something around diving and fishing. When I've seen Pity, Pity do his stuff, I'm like, bro, that's mean. Um, so that would be something I'd, I really want to look into. Um, I was also thinking of this podcast. Actually, should I say it now? I feel like people might steal it. This, anyway, I, I will say it. This is my, can I trademark this? I can't even trademark this. I, even <laughs> create it. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, this podcast on a boat. So the so I just take people on a boat and we just fish and just talk shit and talk footy and talk whatever. But we're just fishing. Mm. And that's something I was thinking about. Like, that'd be cool. Because you know when, you, when you're fishing with someone – and you've never met them. One like once you catch a fish with someone, you're just like best mate, and it, it all the barriers break down, bro. And everyone just you just start fucking talking about anything and everything. Have a few beers, you know. We'll just be catching fish and then drop some liveies out and sit there and wait and just chew the fat. Um, that's something that I would love to do. I don't know how how plausible it is. That, that'd be one of the great podcasts if I could combine talking shit and fishing oh. and make money from it, then by, by all means, that'll be me. Mate, you're living your dream and the listeners are living their dream listening to you. Yeah. Mm, mm, 100%. That's it. That's it right there. No ambitions to be a lawyer like your parents? Nah. It look, just looks so stressful. Eh? My, my parents are, law, are lawyers and my sister, she's a lawyer as well. Um, it's just a lot of work, eh? A lot of work that I probably – probably don't have time for if, if i'm probably just so lazy to do it um but it does seem pretty cool like uh, yeah it does seem cool that the stuff they do like um helping people and um whatnot but it just looks quite stressful eh? and i probably i'm not a stressful guy i don't really get i don't really like to get stressed mm. i like to keep things loosey-goosey <laughs> as possible so yeah putting extra stress on myself probably be detrimental for the rest of my uh rest of my life but no, like probably lawyers probably a great job. I probably don't want to. I don't want to bag all the lawyers out there. Sorry, guys. I love you all. You know, but yeah, you guys keep doing you. I'm, I'm gonna keep doing me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you stick to your fishing and uh, fishing podcast. That one. Yeah, that's a hit for sure. That's it. Oh, what a story! But as always, we have gone to our Instagram for some questions, and and I tell you, the legend himself. We have got plenty of questions coming for you. I have managed to squeeze in quite a few of them throughout this um, episode already, but we'll crack on to the rest. Um, ask him about his nickname, Machete. This is a good one. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that was my nickname at school. Um, I was staying at a friend's house in Tūrangi, and we were motorbiking, and then we tried to go through this bush, and we're like, fuck, we can't go through this bush, so I'll, I'll we'll get these machetes and try to cut through them. And these machetes, like the, I don't know, the, the grass was taking like two hits to um, break down every time, and then my cousin was spinning this yarn, and she's like, notorious for just telling stupid stories that have like endings that have no punchline <laughs> and then she was telling that story and i was hitting them one two cut it one two and then she ended the story and i was like that's so bad look back and instead of this one fucking grass or whatever taking two hits it just took one i just sliced my knee um way open and then i was like fuck i'm done um and then yeah ever since then um at school People just called me machete, and I sort of just like one of the guys taught, said it, and I was like, "Fuck, that is hurting. Um And I just ran with it, changed changed my Facebook name to machete, and then it was just right, people started chiming in schools, and I was like, "Yeah, this is living." Um, and then yeah, no one's, no, I haven't really ran this in school, but yeah, I would love to bring that back. Bring it back, write it on the whiteboard headgear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually got my nickname is actually Hoo Hoo now, which is um, yeah. Gussie actually gave me that one. Gussie gave me that one. How did you get hoo-hoo? Um, I, I got hoo-hoo because I'm, like, far from being a grub. <laughs> so they just wanted the irony of it. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to leave it at that and probably wouldn't elaborate too much on um, I just re- I was thinking about this story and going, fuck, I probably can't even say that. But, yeah, Gus Gus um, started calling me, calling me hoo-hoo. And, he, bro, Gus is, like, notorious for creating nicknames for people. Most of our team's nicknames, I'm pretty sure, are from are from Gus. So yeah, he made that one. Oh, he's good. He's good at that. Uh, he gets the momentum of the team, gets everyone to buy into it, and uh, doesn't stop, bro. Because he's just so freaking loud. <laughs> yeah, doesn't stop. So loud, just like this. So yeah, it worked out in the end, I guess. Okay, next one. Uh, greatest reggae band, bro. House of Shem is is becoming my favorite. Um, they're a Kiwi band. Um, yeah, I'll probably listen to them more than any other um, band um, probably right now. But yeah, but I went to House of Shem in Wellington and I, feel, I didn't really know House of Shem at that time. So I wasn't really vibing it. Like I was listening to it and then I got so wasted and we just started having this deep and meaningful conversations on the balcony and missed the whole concert. And then as from that moment on, as my life has carried on, I've learned to love House of Shem and I've realised I missed this huge opportunity to watch them live because I was so pissed. <laughs> and when I get pissed, bro, I just start telling people my life story. I just start thinking I'm a guru and just thinking, mate, you need to need you need life lessons from me because I know everything about life, even though I'm 22. And yeah, so I missed out. But yeah, House of Shem is probably my favorite um, band at this point in time. I like that. You're going to have to get pissed for your um, podcast when you go fishing. That sounds like good stuff. Bro, that's it. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it's on the piss, fishing. talking shit, and fucking fishing. That's just three things that probably made for each other. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, the next question is from our major sponsor, Swish, and get Natoa thirty dollars, absolute steal. Make sure you go get him. <laughs> if you could get a video shout out from anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Uh, I don't know. That's probably a that's probably a question that I'd have to. To sit on. What do you reckon? What do you reckon, mate? 
He's in front of yeah. me, and I'm going to go get right. him after That's... this. Natoa for 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably, bro, honestly, I would have loved to have Matt Watson, but Matt Watson came to um, Sam Kane's birthday party, and wow, when I seen him, I, I just chewed his ear off for four hours, and I feel so bad because I was just fanboying him, and he was like, I was, he was talking about, um, people were asking him about fishing shows, and I was like, he was talking about it and then I was answering it with him. He was just like this. He was like, yeah, that's fucking okay. But I was like, yeah, like it was on 389 when you, you know, headlined that Marlin and he was like, yeah, fucking hot. Yeah, it was. And I remember being, sorry, bro, I'm a huge fan. And I remember just chewing his ear off for hours, eh? So maybe Matt Watts would be, uh, would be a nice one. But yeah. Mate, there's, and there's your first guest for your fishing podcast. Hey. If he would, if he would, if he would come on, I don't know. Like he might be traumatized after that one incident. Because yeah, I remember. I remember talking to guys. And they don't like when people like bombarding them with things. I'm thinking, yeah, that that probably sucks. And then fuck, once he got in front of me, bro, like he probably wanted to leave, eh? And I was just hours, <laughs> hours. Oh, I love it. Okay, next one. Is he a professional dancer? Bro, I would love to. I would love to uh, give that a crack. I'm probably not as good as um, probably not as good as uh, the best of the best. But mate, I'm a you know I'm gonna let it all hang out if the music's good. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I probably probably had a good uh, good performance when I had went on my wedding um, last week. Put on a good show for the for the crowd, which is uh, something I always love to do. So yeah, not a professional dancer, but good on hey, the dance. Royal family, man. Come see me. Come see me. Yeah. Good, good on the dance. Good on the dance floor, I'd say. Are you a sober dancer? Are you happy to get up there sober and just completely cut shapes? Bro, yeah. Honestly, bro, music just touches my soul. Oh. And if, if I if I walk in and and there's a song that just hits me, bro, there's like there's nothing stopping me. And yeah, I'm pretty like I'm I'd probably dance all the time I dance in the gym I'll dance before the game I dance in the warm-up I'm done I'm warming up by dancing mm. and then any time of the day if there's if, if there's a song that touches my soul it could be anything I, I'm like I love all kinds of music and if yeah if at any point there's a song that touches my soul then I'm I'm, I'm out there I'm out there doing it You're right. so if you were going to run a bronco would you warm up by via dance Nah, Bronco's fucking way off. They're just rattling. Yeah, I'm just. I don't even. You know when you run a Bronco, I don't. I don't even think I can talk before a Bronco, and I'm a big talker. I'm pretty sure I'm a mute before a Bronco. My legs are just jelly. If all of a sudden my heart rate's beating, I'm trying to just woosah and Wim Hof my flipping breath. My what is that called? I don't even know. Breath hold down, but yeah. If you, I can't do anything before a Bronco, you can't ask me anything before a Bronco. Nah. But if you feel if you hear music, you'll you'll naturally dance. Oh, if I hear music, yeah, yeah. If I hear music, mate, that's just yeah. I probably don't even have good dance moves. Mm. This is Ali P right there. This is C right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right there. Yes. <laughs> this is my favorite one, bro. Oh, <laughs> see, this is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is what I mean. Oh, mate, it just you hit you. Hit I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just let it go. I'm going to just pull the trigger. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. Shout out to LAB. Mate, I've been sort of growing this Waterlad concert. Uh, obviously, a lot of acts. We've got Gus on the mm. sax. We've got all these guys. But maybe yours is dance. But I do know you're a good singer, too. Would you be a dancer or a singer first? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm... I would like to say I'm above average singer. Um, yeah. And I'd probably, I would probably, depends what I got. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd probably be drunk, obviously. Um, and then I'll just dance and sing. <laughs> just perform. I would just, yeah. I'm just a performer. I'm a crowd pleaser. I love to give people a show. I'm on the mic. I'm just like, put your hands up. Or, you know, we're letting that hang. And then if a song comes on that it's, that I'm feeling that I'm going to let it go. And then, I'll probably just be dancing the entire time, really. That would be unreal. Yeah. I reckon you'd be our finale act. Mm. What song mm. would you sing? Yeah. And could you give us a little snippet, just a sample, so we can sell some tickets? <sighs> so, I'm, actually fucking, I'm actually out of breath of, from that dance. Um, <laughs> what is the song that I would sing? What would you like to hear? What would you like? To, like what would what would the genre be? Um, it's open to anything. Obviously, we've got Adele by Jeremy Thrush already. Um, we've got Tom Robinson and ninety nine point nine gigabytes. Yeah. So we've got a bit of a mix going on already. Um, Celeste Rassi with impressions. DJ Brad Weber. Um, DJ Blackadder with Abba remixes. There's a few acts going on. Yeah, yeah. And then we finish with the finale. Natawa with the performance of the year. Yeah. See, the thing if you if if you're gonna if you're gonna put me on a finale, then it have to be a finale sort of sort of jam. But I don't know if I have a finale jam for you. Oh, we could open with you. We could open with you, so everyone gets here early. I would like to probably just open it, sort of come in in the middle and come in at the end a little bit, and then come at the encore and then come at the upper party. Yeah, I'm that kind of guy, bro. If you give me a mic to perform, it's so hard for me to just come off stage. Yeah. And let someone else shine. That's where uh, I probably get a bit selfish with the with the limelight. Well, you could you could open and then just stay up there with all the acts. So while DJ Brad Webber's up there, you could be yeah. Also See, I was thinking dancing, yeah. dancing. Yeah, that was me. And spuddy has got real good mixes. There, we'll just get you going. Get me going. Yeah. House of Sham, party. See, you got to skank with me, skank. Oh, yeah, I gotta stand up. See, that's the thing when music touches me. Oh, I can feel it. See, this is when the crowd of this. Ooh. And then Hoo Hoo walks in the door. And then the bros on the sex. <laughs> this is a party. Oh, my voice. <laughs> Hi, if you want to go. If you want to. This is a party. Bands who will come along, there's no invitation. This is how oh. See, I'm, then I'm dancing, eh? Mm. This, this is, oh, don't let me get lost in it. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm out of breath, eh? Sorry, I'm actually out of breath. Finally, <laughs> Oh, mate. Oh, what a performance. Uh, sorry about that. Get me my ticket. I need to have another shower. I'm actually sweating. That is unbelievable. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> House of Shame, bro. One of the greats. That song, honestly, bro. If you play at a party oh. with brown people, it just goes, oh, everyone goes, oh. 
Tracker, Tracker. And if you're on the DJ, you're like, yeah, <laughs> fucking A it is. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> Sorry for another time. <laughs> oh. oh, mate, what what a performer, what a performance. If you can't oh. see this and you're just listening to this episode, uh, you've just mi- <laughs> missed one of the best performances of oh. dancing you will ever see. Great. So go check it out on Finally YouTube. I'll have to might clip this or the Instagram because, oh. That was something mm. special. But we've got two more questions. I'm oh, sorry to bring you back down to yeah, um, no, that's good. Chat, that but we've got this one's a code question too. Um, best lock in world rugby. This one came in a few times. People want to know your thoughts. Yeah, I'd say Guzler. I'd say um, it's probably I've only really watched uh, New Zealand and Aussie uh, locks. Um, I know Murray Itorji is probably gun. I haven't really watched too much of his footy, but. Bro, seeing seeing Guzzler um, firsthand is like his work ethic, the way he trains, and then also like him on the field. The dude's got no like no lead up, though. Like he's just got a motor that keeps on keeping on, and his high mates are like on par with the wingers. You know, he's just like a million miles an hour into everything. Doesn't seem like he gets tired, and um, yeah, hell of a grub too. So that helps a lot. Um, yeah, so I'd say Guzzler. I'd say Guzzler. Yeah, nah, fair enough. Hard to argue. He is. Mm. He is a lad. Okay, last question. Um, best piece of advice you have for a water lad listener? Uh, I'll probably just say be you. I think that's probably been the theme of of uh, of this probably podcast mm. that I've been on. Um, probably when I had, I remember having painted toenails in Wellington, and like probably didn't get um, as good as didn't get much love but i sort of just like stuck to it and now now here i am just flipping everything painted on so yeah i think if you can um be an opportunity to speak or be in a stage where um people are watching um and you're yourself then you'll look back and be like fuck that's cool um that was something that i really wanted to as a professional i wanted to um to keep hold of when i was at school i wanted to make sure that I didn't change up on people or didn't become someone I, I wasn't. So, yeah, to sort of be in Chief's environment, they've let me be myself this whole time and um, I've sort of just been run with it now because, as you can see, I'm dancing on a podcast and talking smack on a bloody stand sport and wearing, you know, toenails, fingernails, painted everything. So, yeah, oh, I'll probably just mm. have to say that. Eh? Pretty cliche, I guess. Mate, I love it. I love it. Where did you get your um, love for painting your toenails and nails? Where did it sort of start? Um, I wanted to – I painted my toenails once um, for under-19s, and then I just thought, fuck, that's pretty funny. And then I remember coming to the lines and people just roasted me. I, mm. I went – yeah, they were just roasted me, and I was like, fuck, sweet as. Um, and then just sort of was like – Man, if people don't like it, then I sort of like I sort of like that even more that people don't like it. Um, mm. And then I always wanted to get my my fingernails um, painted, but I thought that that was pretty like that was like pushing it in terms of um, people hating on me. For but I just thought, man, here I am. Why don't I just flip and run it? Um, so yeah, I've always wanted to get my my fingernails painted, and no one had done it. Um, and I knew that people didn't like it, and I was sort of like, "Shit, that's kind of cool." So yeah, yeah, 
maybe, I don't know, is that like me being defiant or me being a rebellious? I don't know, yeah. It's you being a lad. Yeah, me being a lad, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that, I'll take that. <laughs> oh. Oh, mate, absolute legend. Love that. Um, and I've loved this podcast, obviously. Um, we speak about the whole sort of reason mm-hmm. I started this podcast was to give people an insight into what guys are really like off the field and uh, probably didn't even need this podcast with you because um, people have seen what you're really like off the field because you're yourself in front of the cameras anyway. But um, awesome to get an insight on your journey and um, see the real you and um, I know so many people wanted to hear from you, hear the whole story. So I think they'll be definitely happy with what they received and hopefully they can um, see some of those moves and, and we can get you um, at this concert performing, get your headgear with the um, whiteboard, humming yeah, sails yeah. through the roof. And, and yeah. I'm looking forward yeah. to listening to your podcast, your fishing podcast with a few beers. Um, I'm listen- looking forward to listening to that on my way to work. 100%, 100%. Thank you so much for letting me uh, come on, and yeah, I'm I'm happy that I'm uh, you're giving a platform for people to be themselves and let people see the real the real us, I guess, because there's a lot of people who um, are scared to uh, be themselves because of people getting ridiculed. So it's awesome to have mm. a platform here where we can just open up and do our thing, I guess. So yeah, cheers for that, mate. You're a lad. You're a legend, my friend. <laughs>